You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by mission partner Brian Rosner from Ridley College. Hi, my name's Charlotte and today's reading comes from Malachi chapter 3, verse 14 to 18. You have said, it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, They will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hi, everyone. It's great to be with you today. Warm greetings from everyone at Ridley College. Well, I think we'd all agree that we're living through strange and unsettling times. And I really hope and pray that uh, you're doing okay, persevering in your faith and trust in God and staying connected with your church family. It's such a difficult time for so many people in all sorts of ways. Many psychologists say that well-being and positive emotions are buoyed by three factors. Autonomy, having choices in life. Competence, feeling that you could do some things well and connection, staying in contact with people. So clearly COVID-19 is a pandemic that hits all three. Lockdowns limit our personal freedom. Working from home in new ways can make us feel inadequate. Just ask my students what my Zoom teaching is like. And staying in touch with people is harder than ever. Understandably, many feel hopeless and lost. The irony of pandemic lockdowns and restrictions is that we feel strangely alienated in our own homes, that most familiar place of warmth and belonging. In my own household, we experienced our first 14-day quarantine back in July due to an outbreak at uh, Toby's school. We were locked up, you might say. It wasn't any fun at all. My recent COVID griefs include four cancelled trips to Sydney to see children and grandchildren, and there's another two this year where I expect to have uh, them cancelled. Of course, many people have much more to complain about than I do. Uh, Those who are unwell, families with primary age kids, teenagers, single people, small business owners, the unemployed, and so on. When the virus was labelled COVID-19, I suspect that few predicted it would still be going strong in the second half of 2021. All of us are wondering how long before we return to ordinary life. I've been on Facebook since about 2012. I don't post very often, and usually it's just something I find stimulating or amusing. I avoid politics like the plague. Uh, Recently, I posted something about patience, a verse from Colossians saying that we need God's power to be patient, along with a prayer for patience. Well, it was my most popular post ever, liked over 250 times, and clearly it struck a nerve. Many of us are feeling impatient. And we're asking, how long will the COVID-19 pandemic go on? 
We might even be wondering, has God forgotten us in the midst of this pandemic? Well, our reading from Malachi contains a message of hope and comfort for us in these difficult times. In Malachi 3, God's people are experiencing a form of distress. It's a bit different to the distress of our day, but I think the lessons still apply. The problem for the people in Malachi 3 is that they're feeling like God has forgotten them, that he doesn't notice their plight. There's no point in serving him. People who ignore God, in fact, seem to be doing better than God's people. In verses 14 and 15, they say it's futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Those who do seek the Lord are understandably discouraged by this state of affairs. Doesn't God notice when people flout his authority? Is there no difference between those who are faithful to him and those who are not? I think the issue struck at the heart of their identity as the people of God. Are they really special to him? Does he notice their efforts to live in faith and obedience? Does God know about their problems? We might even feel the same way in our troubling times. Uh, we, the people of God, don't seem any different to anyone else. Are we special to him? What difference does it make to belong to God in the middle of a pandemic? Well, we learn three things which I hope go a long way to helping us cope with the struggles that many of us are undoubtedly experiencing. The first one sounds obvious, but it's a great point and worth making. First then, when life is difficult, God's people should talk to each other. Back in Malachi 3, the first response of God's people in their distress is to talk things over. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. It's a lovely point, isn't it? We're not told what they were saying, uh, but for sure, they're airing their gripes, their disappointments, their fears, their frustrations. And no doubt they shared their troubles and spoke words of encouragement. In the most difficult period of my life to date, some 25 years ago, it was a few close friends that kept me afloat who listened to me when I spoke, not just through practical assistance. Frank used to ring me every Sunday night. Martin took me on long bush walks. Sheena and Peter had us over for a dinner every Tuesday night. One of the things that people need when facing serious hardship is the encouragement that others know what they're going through. The social researcher Hugh McKay has a book on human longings and desires. It's called What Makes Us Tick. He reckons the desire to be acknowledged and taken seriously is fundamental to human flourishing and well-being. McKay rightly says that we place a high value on the people who are prepared to listen attentively and sympathetically to us. Being truly, seriously listened to feels like a welcome and precious gift. So friends, do you have people you talk with honestly about your struggles? In Malachi 3 verse 16, it says, those who feared the Lord talked with each other. It's hard, I admit, at the moment, but let's make the most of what we have to stay connected with our friends and family in, in the Church of God. Phone calls, exercise walks, picnics, Zoom chats, and so on. We all need relationships of accountability and trust with people who really know you. Indeed, it's a great blessing to have close friends and family who know you intimately. And the church family can be a great help in hard times simply by talking with each other 
about our troubles. Back in Malachi 3, part of their conversation might have been to express their frustrations and disappointments to God in lament. They spoke with each other and probably with each other to God. They might have even complained together to God. As it turns out, the most frequent type of psalm in the Bible is the psalm of lament, or we might say complaint. A lament is a cry of pain or grief that emerges in the midst of suffering. But there's a difference between grumbling against God, which the Bible counts as as sin and condemns, and lament, which is a complaining to God, which it recommends. To complain to God then should not be equated with unbelief. Lament in the Bible is not so much a crisis of faith as a crisis of understanding. Lament expresses both disappointment with God, but also trust in God, which underlies that disappointment. Several laments complain that God has forgotten or abandoned his people, or at least that's how it feels to the people of God. For example, in Psalm 10, which opens with four anguished questions with which we might relate, says, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you pay no attention during times of trouble? Or Psalm 13, which opens with four similar questions. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long? How long? It goes on in the next couple of verses. Some of us might be feeling that God has forgotten us. But it's a mistake to read the Lament Psalms as expressing unbelief in the goodness of God. In one sense, the opposite is the case. The psalmists complain to God because they expect better of him. And as it turns out, almost all the Lament Psalms end in trust and praise. And many take comfort specifically from being known by God in the midst of their distress. The end of Psalm 10, for example, closes on a confident note, affirming that God does actually know the psalmist's plight. But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. When life is difficult, we can know that God has not forgotten us. The Psalter is actually dotted with both complaints that God pays no attention and reassurances that he has by no means forgotten his people. The Psalms of Lament offer us then an opportunity for those of us in genuine distress to voice our frustrations to God, often together with close friends in the family of God, and to uh, express our pain in the context of our faith in God. In his own dark night, or should I say, especially in his own dark night, Jesus prays the first verse of Psalm 22 on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Uh, A psalm of lament can lead to a renewed confidence in God's care and provision and an active taking refuge in God. Which leads to our second point. If first we see in Malachi 3 that when life is difficult, God's people should talk about their troubles to each other and to God. Secondly, in Malachi 3, we learn that when life is difficult, God's people should remember that God knows the troubles of our lives. 
In Malachi 3, whatever the exact nature of their discussion, verse 16 says that the Lord listened and heard. Note the way that God's attentiveness is underscored in this little sentence. He listened and he heard. God had not forgotten them. Not only does God hear and listen when we tell him our troubles, verse 16 goes on to say that he actually writes them down. Verse 16, a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. I think the best background to understand this scroll of remembrance is in terms of God as the divine king, surrounded by his heavenly servants, instructing a scribe to record an event in the royal archives. We see this in in Ezra and Esther, other places in the Old Testament as well. The king has his court, and around his court, he has certain scribes writing down the most important events in his reign. In Malachi 1.14, God is described as a great king. God then keeps a royal account of our lives, especially the hard stuff that we endure. Uh, I think some of us can relate directly to this. Perhaps you're one of those people who keeps a diary or a journal. All of us certainly know the significance of keeping track of the big events in our lives and the lives of those we love. I have in my diary, of course, the dates of the births, deaths and wedding anniversaries of those closest to me. And we are also so close to God that he keeps a record of our life's ups and especially our life's downs. Now, the Bible mentions a number of metaphorical books in God's library, if you like. There's a scroll of remembrance, which we've just talked about. There's also, many of you will have heard of this one, the book of life, that kind of heavenly register of the names of those who trust in Christ. And then there's another book, the books, actually, which God will open at the final judgment to mete out justice on the last day, described in Revelation 20. But the scroll of remembrance is one of great encouragement to those of us experiencing hardship. It's that ongoing account of the words and deeds of those who fear the Lord. In Malachi 3, those who sought to honour God's name needed reassurance that God knew their plight and that he was taking notice. The same sentiments found in other Psalms. Psalm 56, where the Psalmist faced with enemies in hot pursuit, asked God, I love this, to record my misery List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? In response to the concern of the faithful that God had not noticed the distress in their day and their own determination to obey him, as the Good News Bible puts it, there was written down in a book a record of those who feared the Lord and respected him. Note, friends, that God's loving attention is not a general thing true for all human beings. It's only true of those who belong to God, those who fear and respect him and trust in his son. One of the hardest things about troubles in life, I'm sure you'll agree, is feeling that no one knows what you are going through. Knowing that God knows the troubles of our lives is a matter of great comfort. Some years back, Toby, my youngest child, Uh, was kicking a ball with me in the backyard. Toby chased the ball into some of the rose bushes that were cleverly disguised among the weeds. And he emerged with a few minor scratches. Before having his wounds cleaned and dressed, uh, what he needed was a reassuring embrace from his imperfect earthly father. He needed the comfort of being known. Uh, Brothers and sisters, God, our perfect parent, knows our troubles and offers us a reassuring embrace in the midst of hardship. He has not forgotten us. 
God says in Isaiah 66, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. In times of distress, we often feel worthless and unloved, as if no one cares or even notices. Being known by God puts a lie to these destructive thoughts. As it turns out, this has been the experience of God's people for thousands of years. Take, for example, the three lowest points in the history of the people of God in the Old Testament. Slavery in Egypt, wandering in the wilderness, and exile in a foreign land. In each case, God comforts the Israelites by reassuring them that he knows them in their, in their distress. Early in the life of Israel, the people suffered considerable hardship when they were in bondage in Egypt. They performed hard labor under a maniacal pharaoh. The Israelites groaned in their slavery, it says in Exodus 2. Now, while not exactly enslaved, repeated lockdowns can certainly make you feel um, that you are rather confined at least. For parents of children in primary school, small business owners, singles, old people, the loss of personal autonomy, the feelings of helplessness, the sense that there's no end in sight can make life a misery. Exodus 2.24 confirms that Israel was not left forgotten and unnoticed by God. God looked on the Israelites and knew them. Even if the alleviation of their suffering was some way off, knowing that God had taken notice of their anguish was the first step in its relief. Their plight had not escaped his notice. This, friends, is true for us too. If we're feeling trapped and confined, God looks on us and knows us in the midst of this pandemic. Following their rescue from Egypt, the Israelites sojourned in difficult conditions in the wilderness for some 40 years. They knew of the promised land, but year after year they languished. The word languished is used of our experience uh, in, uh, in our day too. Where was the promise of blessing to the nation? For some of us, pandemic life feels like an interminable holding pattern. It's like we're flying to Hobart and it's too windy to land. We just go round and round and round. As one friend told me, eventually they just came back and landed in Melbourne again. Plans are abandoned or postponed. One school chaplain reported to me that the boarders had not been home for 18 months. So many of life's simple pleasures are on hold. At a recent Zoom catch-up, for example, with seven friends, uh, there was a cancelled wedding, delayed post-surgery rehab, significant events of loved ones overseas unattended, and of course, more holiday postponements. Does God know you when things seem to be going nowhere? In the Old Testament, God comforts the Israelites with the assurance that he knew them even in the wilderness. I knew you in the desert, in the land of burning heat. This is true for us too. If we're feeling confused and lost, God knows us in the midst of our struggles. One final example is several centuries later. In the ancient world, exile was an extreme form of punishment. And in 587 BC, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had captured the city of Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and sent into exile a large number of its inhabitants. The psalmists wrote, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Uh, some of you might remember the Boney M song inspired by these words. Missing home is a powerful and unpleasant emotion and can be an aching loss. Home is where you belong. Our hearts go out to those Australians still stuck overseas. 
But I don't think you have to be queuing for a return flight and have that gnawing sense of feeling out of place. The pandemic disruptions have left many of us missing the life we once had. Does God know us when life seems to be missing the warmth, nurture and love of home? Isaiah 49 contains a famous passage concerning the restoration of Israel from exile in Babylon. The passage begins with words of comfort. This is what the Lord says, in the time of my favour, I will answer you. However, despair is also reported as the nation cries out, the Lord has forsaken me, the Lord has forgotten me. Suffering often evokes a concern that God has forgotten us and not seen our plight. In Israel's case, God had not forgotten his people in exile. Describing his relationship to them as that of, uh, uh, to that of a devoted parent, he insists that there is less chance of him forgetting them than of a mother forgetting her child. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. The same is true for us too. God has not forgotten us. Being known by God meets our crucial need to be acknowledged and valued. In times of distress, we may feel worthless and unloved, as if no one even notices. But God does know us in the midst of our troubles. As Nahum 1 verse 7 puts it, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. When life is difficult, God's people should talk about their troubles to each other and to God. When life is difficult, God's people should remember that God knows the troubles of our lives. Malachi 3 has a third encouragement for those wondering if God has forgotten them. When life is difficult, God confirms our identity as his precious children. In Malachi 3.17, as a further encouragement, God reassures us that he loves us with the love of a perfect father. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. Someone who loves you listens to you, especially when life is difficult. They know what you're going through. They remind you that you are special to them. And this, brothers and sisters, is what God our Father is doing for you and doing for me during this pandemic and throughout our lives. As, John, as 1 John 3 verse 1 puts it, see what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. So friends, let us not doubt God's fatherly care and love for us during this difficult time. Remember that the irrefutable proof of God's love for us is that he sent his only son to die for us. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. My prayer today is that we can all say with the psalmist in Psalm 31 verse 7, I will rejoice and be glad in your faithful love because you have seen my affliction, God indeed knows the troubles of our lives. Amen.
Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.